0: Good health is a crown worn by the healthy that only the ill can see. Your health really is your wealth. Join us for the next hour as we explore
1: disease and attaining and maintaining good health. This is Dischem Medical Monday, brought to you by Dischem, pharmacists who care. And good morning to you. I'm Kathy Kaila and I'm your host for the next hour. Today is Monday, the 1st of August. Yes, it has to be spring day. Looking at the weather outside, the jasmine is out. It's just got that hope of spring, doesn't it? Anyhow, let me tell you what we're going to be talking about today. If one thinks about the human brain, the human brain is in many ways like a computer. Right? It takes data, it takes information, translates it, and things happen. Or we make things happen. We, it creates an emotion in us. We can then do an action. Just like a computer, sometimes that, the brain can get backlogged. And why does it get backlogged? Think of a computer that you haven't done a defrag or a disc cleanup. If we don't have proper sleep, our brains slow down. Because the whole process of sleeping and having good quality sleep actually detoxes the brain. It is the most unbelievable, unbelievable process. And that's why having good sleep is so important. But there are lots of different things that can interrupt our sleep. Think of a partner, right? You've got a partner who snores. Firstly, it's hard to get to sleep. Secondly, you can be awoken during the night. By the snoring and that interrupts your sleep and the next day you feel like an absolute zombie most people who snore don't know that they snore it usually takes a partner <laughs> to tell them that they, can, that they snore but snoring is just one element of sleep disruption there's something called sleep apnea that can also interrupt our sleep now i'm going to go through some of the symptoms and i want you to just find out or just think about how you sleep right so these are some of the symptoms do you gasp for air during your sleep do you wake up with a dry mouth do you often get a morning headache do you have difficulty staying asleep do you find that you're waking up a few times during the night do you have excessive daytime sleepiness You know, we're not talking about a busy day in the afternoon, you just feel completely spent. But do you feel tired at like ten o'clock in the morning that if you were at home you'd just go back to sleep? Do you have difficulty paying attention while you're awake? And do you snore loudly? You could actually be suffering from sleep apnea. So I've invited into studio Dr. Dave Cotton. He is actually he's a dentist. But he specializes in helping people with snoring and sleep apnea because it all comes from the palate. It all come, it's all involved with our upper throat and with our tongue, with our mouth. So welcome, Dr. Dave Cotton. How are you? Thank you, Kathy. And to the listeners? It's so lovely to have you here. It's the first time you're in these studios? Yes, Beautiful studios compared to the (laughs) last. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that they're just beautiful studios anyway. Um, If you'd like to get in touch, this is how you can get in touch with us. Dr. Dr. Dave Cotton is available to you, and you can ask any question. 34519. That is the SMS line. Those SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. You can also send us a telegram if you have the telegram app, and that number is 61 eight nine five one oh one nine. You can post a question on Facebook on our Facebook page which is one oh one point nine FM, or you can tweet at High FM. But if those are two public to public places or platforms to ask a question then you can just send one through directly to us or to me and that number once again three four five one nine that's the text line or zero six one eight nine five one oh one nine. This is Discam Medical Monday and I'm Kathy Kayla. This is Medical Monday brought to you with compliments of Discam pharmacists who care. Thank you for joining me. I'm Kathy Kayla and this is Discam Medical Monday. Today we're talking about sleep quality and well specifically about some of the factors that can be affecting your sleep quality. We're going to be talking about snoring, we're going to be talking about sleep apnea. Joining me is Dr. Dave Cotton. He is a dentist but he specializes in this because if you think about snoring, if you think about sleep apnea, it's all centered around the back of the throat, you know, the tongue and uh, the soft palate. So uh, once again, good morning. Th- Dr. Cotton, there are three different types of sleep apnea. No, Do there's we- two. Oh, there's two? Yeah. Okay. But
0: can I interrupt you? Sure. You was talking about quality of sleep. Yes. Now, we often get people in and say, I don't understand it. I've been sleep I slept for eight hours and I'm exhausted. But you get sleep disturbed breathing, which is a condition. Now sleep disturbed breathing stops you obviously stop breathing during the night. And what happens is that your oxygen levels are dropped. Why do you stop breathing? Well, several reasons. One is that your sleeping partner will push you onto your side so you don't snore anymore subconsciously you woken up and your sleep cycle is broken so the cycle starts from the beginning again it doesn't continue the other is you yourself subconsciously stop breathing because of the snoring it wakes you up and you might throw your arms or move your legs or sit up or cough just to t- stimulate your brain again, so that you can start breathing. That's just by the by. I was just you—you you mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. But what I was going—that's to so
1: interesting. I mean, why why would the body just stop stop breathing?
0: Well, you you stop breathing because sleep apnea and and uh, is divided into two. I was going to start with snoring, but let's just quickly say it's
1: now. Let's deal with sleep apnea. We'll go do snoring okay. after if we can.
0: Well, see, snoring, sleep apnea leads on from snoring. Ah. So you have to snore, and the severe snorers get sleep apnea. But not every person who snores gets sleep apnea. Now, sleep apnea is divided into central and because of blockage in your throat. Central is curable with medication.
1: That's where your brain just doesn't send through, through the, message. the instruction. Yeah. Right. So, in
0: I, I quote American figures always because I'm qualified in America as well. And 6% of all cases in America are central. Now, there are many millions of cases that aren't reported. People don't go. But it's, it, it, it's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. The other is due to the blockage. Now with a blockage the only way you can really tell if what sleep apnea you have is to have a sleep test which is called a polysomnograph. Now you can go to these clinics but I have my own technician so you have a home test which is sufficient if you're going to test for sleep apnea.
1: What about these smart watches? Smartwatches also have these apps, which yes, will tell you how often you've moved, how often you snored. But
0: we don't know how accurate they really are. We don't know how accurate they are. But there maybe is as an, an indicator. I- there is an American, uh, an Israeli watch that you wear. It's called a pat watch, mm. which is fantastic, but very difficult to get hold here of here. Anyway. Uh, that's besides the point. So let's just talk about the uh, polysomnograph. Yes, that will give you a breakdown of how many times you stop breathing because you've got hypopnea associated with that as well. Now, what is hypopnea? Hypopnea is when you have reduced breathing. So on a scale, you get at the top you get the AHI, Apnea-Hypopnea Index. So they add up the Two of them and they divide it by the hours you've slept and that tells you on an average how many times you stop breathing. Now sleep apnea only occurs if you stop breathing for 10 or more seconds an hour. However, you can, that's, that's, that's baby stuff because I've got patients, uh, one patient stopped breathing 84 times an hour and he's uh, averaged about 14 seconds per hi- per apnea. It doesn't sound like much, but I've got one in well, front of Well, that sounds
1: like a hell of a lot, because if you consider that there are 60 minutes yeah. in an hour, and he's stopping 84 times yes. in an hour, yeah. and each time he's stopping is for 14 seconds.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, here's a, i I've just happened 14 to... 14 times 84. Yeah, the yeah, the yeah, math doesn't make <laughs> sense.
0: But if, even if you stop breathing for one and a half minutes in that hour, you've got lack of oxygen of one and a half minutes, which is important to you. Sure. I happened to bring, I just found this uh, when just before I came in. This is the results of a, I'm just showing Kathy, the results of a sleep test. And this patient, it works out the c- cardiac risk and his respiration. So he's AHI. Apnea, hypopnea, index. As I said, hypopnea is like you're breathing through a straw. You don't breathe properly.
1: So that could be for any reason. Somebody could have a deviated septum. They could have, no?
0: No, no, no.
1: Are you talking about breathing through the mouth?
0: Nose or mouth. Doesn't matter. The problem is in the throat. And I'll get you to prove yourself in a few minutes.
1: Nothing like being the the test subject.
0: (laughs) Well, this person stopped breathing 62.1 times an hour. Uh, He snored 60% of the sleep, and his mean apnea duration was 20 seconds. In this test, you also got the oxygen desaturation
1: index. So what what does that mean for you and me? I mean, how do we find out, if, firstly, if there's apnea, if, if our partner picks up, that we are stopping... To well, there's always a suspicion, because your partner will say to you, hey, you've
0: held your breath. See, to do something about Maybe it. Maybe it's when you stop
1: snoring that it'll wake them up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do something about it, but the average person thinks, no, nah, it's nothing. And then, like you said, the symptoms. But at the beginning of my examination, you do the Epworth Sleep Scale. Now, the Epworth Sleep is an international scale. And when you fill in these eight or nine questions, we get an indication. You have to put down from zero to three. Your, uh, how you, if you snore or not, or if you, whatever the questions are. And then we add them up. If anything over ten requires you to have a sleep test. So we'll not treat if anybody's over ten. So the EPWA sleep scale is a very, very important part of the examination. And anyone concerned with sleep, who doesn't do the Epworth or the Berlin,
1: there are... There's a Stanford sleep scale. Yeah, there are various ones.
0: But the Epworth was the original one. And uh, I use that because it's it's sound. It's sound. So uh, it all depends on that. But going back, when you go to sleep, sleep is quite complicated because you get non-REM sleep and REM sleep. Now, that's important because the cycle starts in non-REM sleep. And there are three portions to that. So the initial one is seven minutes when you're falling asleep. The second one is a little longer. So you're going into a deeper sleep. So I'll have to say, Kathy. In the first one, I'll say, Kathy, and you'll wake up. And then you get a longer, deeper sleep. Now what's the significance of the longer deeper sleep? That's the third part of your non-REM sleep. The significance is that certain things happen during that stage and the one we've singled out is that in that stage of sleep you secrete the growth hormone. Now this is a very important hormone read up about it you'll see how important it is and that is secreted during that stage but also Your organs are made up of cells and some of the cells are old. So at this stage of sleep, what happens is that you break off these old cells and you replace them with new ones. Then we go on to REM sleep. Now REM sleep is very important as well because in this stage of sleep, it's a lighter sleep than stage three. And during that stage of sleep, you're going to dream your muscles are totally relaxed. Your body accepts a certain functional muscles. And in this case, your brain, the old cells in your brain are broken off and you replace your new, with new cells. But also they say that in this stage of sleep, whatever you've learned today is put into a file and it's put into a cabinet. So that's your stages of sleep. But now just picture this from A to Z, is 90 minutes roughly and you have several a night depending on the individual let's say your partner disturbs you in REM sleep halfway through REM sleep so what's going to do, happen is that it's going to break that cycle so that 50% that you haven't used is wasted because you're going back to the beginning of the cycle that's why people wake up tired and irritable, because they're not getting enough oxygen.
1: Oh, that's so interesting.
0: So there, there's a factor for you. Uh, it can break you up in any
1: stage of the sleep. I've got a question for you. Not too when, difficult. When you're, when, you're, when you're sleeping, not for you, Dr. Cotton, <laughs> when, you're, when you're asleep and your sleep is disturbed and you're woken up for whatever reason, do you find it easy to get back to sleep or... Are you somebody who says, Well, you know what? I I just can't go back to sleep now. I'm gonna go make myself a cup of tea. Or I'm going to do some work. Or you know, what happens when you are woken up for whatever reason? Let me know. Three four five one nine is the text line or zero six one eight nine five one O One Nine. Earlier, Doctor Cotton was talking about the growth, about growth hormone, and how important it is that we have these sleep cycles and that they are uninterrupted. Because if they're interrupted, what happens is that the body, from every interruption, it has to start all the different cycles again, a whole cycle again. And if that's interrupted, we're never really getting through a full cycle, right? And um, so, the growth hormone, which is uh, produced in non-REM sleep which is the uh, what it does is it regulates our fat um, our muscle, our tissue the bone in our bodies and other aspects of our metabolism the growth hormone regulates insulin action and blood sugar levels which is why they say that if you're not getting a proper night's sleep it can lead to diabetes how about that who, yes, knew? who knew well You've got a very good way of explaining things, Dr. Uh, <laughs> Even my five-year-old brain can pick it up. Okay. <laughs> well,
0: but people don't realize the dangers of snoring and sleep apnea. Well, sleep apnea can be fatal. And you know, believe it or not, snoring, bad snoring can be...
1: Let's just talk about snoring. What causes us to snore? Well... I mean, why does my dog snore?
0: Your dog snores...
1: And can you fix it? (laughs) Should
0: should we give you an example? Yes. I want you, even at home, to snore through your mouth. Do that. Okay. Where do you feel that? The back of my throat. Oh. Now, people come in and say, well, I've got sinus, I've got deviated septum, and the doctor fixed my deviated septum, and I still snore. And then he wanted to do this and that, and I still snore. But isn't snoring natural? No, it's Ani- not. Animals it's, snore. It's it's a, They say it's an hereditary factor, like the bulldog snores. That's a big problem with the bulldog. Horses snore. Yeah. Anyway, so the thing is that snoring comes from the back of the throat. Yes. And why does it come from the back of the throat? Because invariably, in a snorer, you have an enlarged tongue. Now, why do you have an enlarged tongue? Well, if people are overweight, the tongue is a fatty organ. Now, we think of the tongue as just this front piece in your mouth, but it goes all the way down. Now, what we have to start with, and then you've got your uvula, your little tongue at the back, and then the tonsils, they're not, they're part of it because they block the throat. It's difficult to to jump into it like this, but you've got your mandible, which is your lower jaw, and their tongue is attached to that lower jaw. But then you've got two, I'm just picking out two other muscles, the masseter muscle, which is the very big muscle in front of your ear going down, a very strong muscle, and then you've got some muscles inside your mouth, the pterygoid muscles. Now, I said to you, in REM sleep, the muscles relax. So when these muscles relax, you lose tone in your lower jaw. So the lower jaw falls back and it hits the back of your throat and this blocks your throat. So that's the tongue. But now you've got your palate. Now the palate is always enlarged in a snoring person and it grows down like a curtain behind the tongue so when you go into REM sleep it's muscle and it's got uh, that's the soft palate the muscle and it's got glands in it and this drops and it creates another blockage now you can't breathe and the brain says hey breathe and you say I can't breathe he said well pull in the air at a greater velocity That's what the snoring is. So you pull in the air and your palate vibrates like you did now with that snore. But the dangers there are firstly, lack of oxygen, which is obvious, and the accumulation of carbon dioxide. Why carbon dioxide? Because your muscles secrete lactic acid. And supposedly, 30% of that lactic acid contains. Carbon dioxide. Now if you've got an imbalance of carbon dioxide in your body, it's very dangerous. You can die from it.
1: Hmm.
0: So this is it it's 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 a route to follow because with snoring you can get high blood pressure, you can get a stroke, you get coronary disease, you get diabetes type two, loss of libido, you get I can go on and on and on. And now, it's
1: been tied up. You know, I actually get the loss of libido part. (laughs) 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 You snoring Snoring. tractor, you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there again, it's loss of oxygen. (laughs) And connection between cancer and sleep apnea and snoring. Yes. It's been tied up with cancers now. Really? Yep. That's the latest work. So... Uh,
1: how, how is the relationship? The oxygen levels. So really it's about making sure that we get enough oxygen. Yeah, yeah. So, so why doesn't everybody sleep with an oxygen mask?
0: Because according to the American uh, Association of Dental Sleep Medicine, between 30 and 50% of people who have got sleep apnea do not wear their machines, the CPAP machine. Why? Because... I know such
1: people, actually. Yeah,
0: but they are being stupid, because you need some treatment. So, if you're not wearing your CPAP machine, which is in the cupboard, and you're getting a lack of oxygen, you get an oral appliance. Now, the oral appliance at one stage was thought to be taboo, because, but now it's been proven. That in some cases, it's better than a CPAP machine. Why? Because it's quieter, I imagine. It's quieter, that's the first thing. And it's got no leaking oxygen into your eyes, doesn't dry your nose, doesn't dry your throat.
1: But, but it, it is I, a
0: golden machine. I
1: can't actually imagine having to sleep with one of those CPAP masks on. I mean, how do you turn over?
0: Well, it's, it's a problem. It's very restrictive, yeah, right? Yes. because you've got it going to the machine. You've got a whole thing going to the machine. But going back to the... Uh, to the oral appliance they found that the person will wear it for eight hours if he sleeps for eight hours he won't take it out but if so you're getting oxygen over eight hours but if you put a CPAP machine on and after an hour you take it off it That's doesn't work you have to have it for a minimum of four hours of
1: because of your sleep cycles, yeah. you have to go through the sleep cycle. Um, so, how big is an appliance? I mean, uh, an like
0: oral th- appliance. appliance? An oral appliance is like two gum guards, boxers gum guards, joined together. And is it very uncomfortable? Not at all. I wear one. Not at all. Why didn't you bring it with you? Well, I've got a picture of it.
1: No. <laughs> Do you want to see okay, the actual so thing? <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs>
0: Anyway, um it
1: all gets back to libido. <laughs> yeah, libido.
0: We've hit the we've hit the something. There.
1: Okay. Uh my guest is Dr. Dave Cotton, he's a dentist, but uh he's an expert in sleep and uh because he's from the snore clinic. So if you have a partner who snores excessively and I'm I'm trying to get him to Look at my dog and take care of it. You know, dogs, horses, pigs. Animals also snore, which is why I'll come back to, is it not just a natural part? Is there any benefit to snoring at all? No. No. There's only the negative.
0: And, um, well, I didn't manage to tell you, but the palate going down is supposedly hereditary. So just think about your family. Who snores in your family? Your father, your mother, your uncle, your brothers?
1: No clue. You
0: know, well, this is the thing. That's why we can't experiment on it. Because people come in, you say it's hereditary. It's your dad snoring. You, know, you say he snored. Can you come in for a tick? No, sorry, he's passed away. Hmm. So I actually
1: know somebody, or knew somebody, a young, a young man who, um, he was very, very overweight. And he had a CPAP machine. He suffered very badly. I mean, this was many years ago um, from sleep apnea. And unfortunately, he didn't wear his machine and he passed away. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it could have been heart failure. It could have been absolutely anything. But I somehow do think... Well, it was hard
0: because I believe that a lot of our coronary patients, if they were tested would be sleep apnea cases because they have their heart attacks 3, 4 o'clock in the morning and that's when your apnea stops is about, let's say, four thirty, five o'clock in the morning it somehow stops
1: there Dr. Cotton, is there a relationship sorry, were you finished? No, yeah oh. Is there a relationship between grinding of teeth when one is sleeping and snoring?
0: Well, grinding of teeth is called bruxism. To be professional, um, I think yes, it's quite common. It's it's common, but the mm. majority of people who come in to see me do not grind their teeth. It's one of the questions we ask them: Do you grind your teeth? Because if you grind your teeth, the usual uh, appliance doesn't work because you fracture it all the time. So we make you what is called a hard appliance. It works exactly the same way and does the same job.
1: So these appliances that you're talking about, so it looks like, um, a mold of your teeth for the top and a mold of your teeth for the bottom. Yeah. And it's got two little levers basically that. Which
0: come in different sizes. Yeah. And then I work out how far forward to move your lower jaw because the palate, although it obstructs, we can't do anything about it. There is an operation which is, according to figures that I've got, 48% unsuccessful. Extremely painful for 10 to 14 days. Then there's several operations. There's not one.
1: Mm.
0: And they don't work. I've got letters to the fact that they don't work from patients who've had it. So we can't treat the palate, but we have to treat the tongue, which we can because it's attached to your lower jaw. Now what we do is bring the lower jaw forward, into its natural position. So your tongue, because it's attached to the lower jaw, comes forward.
1: Oh, so it opens up the whole passage. Yes,
0: but we cheat a little bit because we don't put you in your natural bite. We bring you forward one or two or three millimeters according to your structure.
1: Does that not move your teeth?
0: It does if you clench, but it's not uh, an important factor because if you... Just, it doesn't move your teeth. You'll feel your teeth are slightly different. So if you do the exercise of, I tell the patients is to go and buy some Stimarol, sugarless chewing gum, and chew it in the morning until they have breakfast or whatever it is. And, uh, by that time, your temporomandibular joint and your teeth are all back in normal. it takes about five, ten minutes. They come back. It doesn't do any harm. In fact, last night I was reading an article put out by the American Dental uh, Apnea thing. And uh, it 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 tells you there half a dozen times that just do oral exercises, move your jaw from side to side, uh, open your jaw by resisting under your chin, and this will get you back into normal. But the goodness outweighs the
1: negativity. So what does one feel? Does one feel like a fatigue? Is it almost like a muscle
0: fatigue? No, it it doesn't feel like a fatigue. It just feels like your teeth don't line up. The alignment's not there. Oh, interesting. But very slightly, but we never get complaints. And sometimes your joint feels a bit stiff when you wake up because you have to have lateral movement, and that appliance allows lateral movement at night of your joint.
1: What causes people to grind their teeth? Stress, yeah.
0: most common is stress. And it's a habit, and you'll find young people, young people, grinding their teeth. Uh, an example, we went away in America with my daughter and the family, and my grandsons, grandson slept with me. He must have been about, with us, about nine years old. And he was in a different part of our room, and I thought he was a rat because I heard this gnawing. So I got up to see if there was a rat in the room.
1: Oh, and when
0: I got to him, he was grinding. Wow! So it's not uncommon for kids to grind. It's not uncommon. But it's usually stress in kids. I actually haven't read up why it's... Why it's I've right.
1: heard that grinding your teeth can be a symptom of a parasitic infection, actually. Well, that I don't. Which is no. interesting. No, I've Just putting it that. out there. Okay. Just putting it out there. If you've got any questions for Dr. Dave Cotton, who's my guest today... We're talking about quality of sleep. We're talking specifically about snoring and sleep apnea. Get in touch. You've got access to him. You can ask him your questions, 34519, that's the text line, or 061-895-1019. 1, 1, I'm Kathy Kayla. This is 101.9 High FM, and this is Discam Medical Monday. This is Medical Monday brought to you with compliments of Discam, pharmacists who care. You're on 101.9. Hi, fam I'm Kathy Kaler, live this morning. And uh, talking about interrupted sleep, talking about sleep apnea, talking about snoring. Does your partner snore? Do you snore? What does your partner say? <laughs> you probably know I don't snore. Forget it. I don't snore. And your partner's like, um, actually, babe. <laughs> Anyhow, today is Monday. It is the 1st of August. It really does feel like spring. I smelled some jasmine yesterday and it's just, it just imbibes you with this hope for the return of summer. That's what I love about this time of the year. If you've just joined me for this Disc and Medical Monday, let me just catch you up very, very quickly. When it comes to snoring, snoring is caused by the soft palate at the back of your, of your mouth. Apparently, your tongue If you're overweight you've got a fat tongue too and that fat tongue is heavy and it lies at the back of your throat when you're sleeping so as it's as it's blocking your airway your body is forced to suck in the air and that's what causes snoring so you've got to lose weight (laughs) you need both (laughs) Um, sleep apnea is where your body stops breathing, and there's two different kinds. You've got obstructive sleep apnea. Obstructive sleep apnea is um, this is the more common form, according to Dr. Cotton, 6% of Americans. And probably Americans, because I don't even know if we measure it here. Do we measure? We don't have the stats here in South Africa, so we use American stats, 6%. That's quite amazing. Um, it's the more common form that occurs when throat muscles well, No, muscle
0: 6% election. of the brain. That's the central apnea. It's from the brain.
1: Oh, the central sleep apnea, yes, which occurs when your brain doesn't send proper signals to the muscles Absolutely. that control your breathing. Um, and that is taken care of with medication. Right. So that is sorted. What we're talking about is the obstructive sleep apnea, where you have an obstruction. What's the obstruction? It's your, it's your tongue. It's your fat tongue. But it's not only people who are overweight who have sleep apnea. No. Is that
0: true? 100%.
1: You. Children can have sleep apnea?
0: Yes, they can, and it's, uh, they, they're diagnosed with ADHD, which has got very, very similar symptoms. They put on all these drugs, and wow. in the meantime, they've got these huge enlarged tonsils you and adenoids, and that is causing obstruction.
1: But you know that makes such sense. I know that it, I don't get a good night's sleep, and I'm sure it is with most people. Don't, not only do you feel like a zombie, but you can't concentrate for any length of time. Mm-hmm. Your, your thoughts are so random. And these
0: poor children are, 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 are victimized because they can't concentrate at school. They come home, they can't do their homework. They're naughty because they're frustrated. Well, what's the
1: point in concentrating when you can't concentrate long enough to?
0: Well, this years, is the, uh, and they can't do their homework and they can't do this and they sit at school. So,
1: how do you test a child for sleep apnea?
0: Well, you've got symptoms, yeah, and you've got um, the machine, which is a very simple machine. We the clinics use these machines that give you the EEG and things like oh, that. Oh, that's
1: where they put those little yes. stickers on you.
0: Well, we don't need that for if you're testing for sleep apnea. We test with a simple machine which has got a thing across your forearm, a, a wrap, your oximeter and your finger, a belt to see your respiration, and like these oxygen things in the hospital, in your nose. You switch it on, you can go to your toilet at your house, you can go out of bed, into bed, because a lot of people feel that they can't go in the hospital when they have their tests Mm. so and it's very accurate you switch it on when you go to sleep and you switch it off in the morning we collect the machine from you and 48 hours you have your like I showed you your results
1: can we talk about sleep positions and the effect of sleep positions on snoring
0: yeah well in the supine position you snore more because your tongue lying lying on your back Your tongue falls back and your throat somehow blocks up more. But we must mention also that one of the main reasons for overweight people is that their trachea is surrounded by fat, which constricts the trachea. Now, when it constricts the trachea, you lose space immediately, breathing space. So this is one of the factors of being overweight. And according to the uh, certain articles, you can gain weight, weight gain, and sleep apnea and snoring.
1: I know that there is definitely a relationship mm. between sleep exercise. You get better sleep quality when you exercise, yeah. and but not all, if you exercise late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it stimulates. Yeah, you. yeah.
0: Not, not if you exercise late.
1: Yeah, Dr. Cotton, we've got a message. Or we've got a question for you from one of our listeners. Um, thank you so much for your message. Anonymous She says, "Hi, I was told by an ENT that my sleep apnea is caused by my nasal polyps. If these are removed, I presume, will it not help? If the cause is actually the back of the throat."
0: Well, I can what, so tell so here's you. So, what
1: are nasal polyps?
0: Nasal polyps are little uh, growths in your nose, like a polyp, like you
1: know,
0: I, I can't describe it. Okay, but you get them in your nose. Yes,
1: little growths.
0: Okay. How can he say that if I prove to you that it's your throat? What does it do, the sleep apnea or the polyps? What does it do? Well, well Then we you can think. breathe through your mouth. You don't have to breathe through your nose. So how is it going to cause it? it? Please have it done and then let me know, or Kathy know, if it works. And what type of sleep apnea have you got? You get various types. You get... Uh, uh, When you go into the uh, polysomnograph You get a reading from 0 to 5 Which is normal From 5 to about 15 which is mild From 15 to 29 Which is moderate And and how many times
1: you sleep How many times you you stop breathing breathing And then
0: you get 30 and above Like I told you, 64 year old So I can tell you now Adamantly That removing the polyps will not help you And if you haven't had a sleep test You don't know what apnea you've got. You have to have a sleep test to see what apnea. It could be central, very unlikely, but it could be obstructive. Now, are you in that uh, 5 to 15? Are you 15 to 29? Or are you above? When is it serious? It's serious all the time, but... So even if, you, if you're if 0 to 15? No, no, that's for I, I'm 0 to 9. So I wear an appliance because I've got hypopnea. So yeah. I don't breathe fully. Yeah. Now, the recognized treatment in America is from 5 to about 17, 18 is an oral appliance, not a machine. And over here in South Africa, people are going to these places and they ten, twelve, and they've been told, hey, you're going to have an accident, you've got sleep apnea, you've got this, you've got that. And they've been given machines, which is incorrect. They can have an oral appliance. It's recognized by all the associations in America. Is it paid for by medical aid? Depending on which medical aid you've got. Depending on the medical aid.
1: Um... Yeah, okay, we're uh, not gonna, uh, we're not gonna no, say. I'm not We're not names. gonna say.
0: <laughs> but there's a certain one, which is no problem, but depending also on what, d- uh, what r- level you are. Yeah, what degree. Yeah. Yeah. But anything over 29, 30 requires a CPAP machine. And that's expensive because it's about 13, 14,000. And do medical
1: l- aides pay for the CPAP machine? They right? pay
0: for it if they get a letter of motivation from me. They pay for it.
1: Okay. And the, the oral plants, I mean, are they expensive? How much do they cost? Uh,
0: they cost about, depending which one you have, about nine, ten thousand Rand. rand. Okay. But that's inclusive of the examination, the impressions, and all the work on my side, then coming back a few days later to collect it, to be shown how to use it, clean it, all the rest of it. You know, it's just not given to you. Yeah. And you, the ones that you buy over the counter, please don't waste your money.
1: Well, it would make sense because everybody's jaw is in a different place. Well, it's, a, it's no? called
0: the boil and bite system. Uh, and um, the boil and bite system, they do using gum guards for the kids' rugby as well. They're a waste of time because by the time you've boiled it, you've bitten through to the hard plastic on the outside so you get no cushioning effect on them. That's by the by. But uh, they fall out after the first night they start. They work to The first night, maybe. But then they start falling out. Ours is custom-made to your mouth.
1: So I was actually having this conversation with somebody, and we were talking not about um, this, but we were talking about um, sleeping with a retainer. And she was saying that she's got a retainer, because we were talking about how your teeth Mm -hmm. move around your mouth generally. And uh, she said she's just very nervous to wear her retainer. She's supposed to. But she doesn't because she's scared of swallowing it. Never. And even though you can't swallow it, so where does that feeling come from—that you're that's, going to swallow something? That's
0: just a psychological thing. You know, that's what you believe. Yeah. That's a psychological thing. There's no exact science to that.
1: So but can we go through those symptoms one more time? So if you've missed—if you missed at the beginning of uh, of and Medical Monday the symptoms that you could be experiencing, it actually could be sleep apnea. So here are your symptoms. So if you gasp uh, for air during your sleep, if you wake up with a dry mouth, that's an important one. If you've got a morning headache, that'll be from the lack of uh, oxygen. Lack of oxygen can cause a headache. Uh, If you have episodes in which you stop breathing during your sleep, which could be reported by another person, your partner perhaps, um, if you have difficulty staying asleep, so you're having interrupted sleep, or if you have excessive daytime sleepiness, it's called hypersomnia, where 10 o'clock in the morning, even though you only woke up at 8 o'clock, you're ready to just, you know, hit the sack again and you just feel that you're actually very, very sleepy. Uh, if you have difficulty paying attention while you're awake, and if you are irritable, if you find that you're irritable, it may not be the people around you. It may be, actually, the lack of sleep. So, if you're suffering from any of those things, maybe you need to go and see your GP, go and see a specialist who can help you with a diagnosis, and either take sleep apnea off the table, or say, well, you know what, this is what we're going to do, here's a plan. But it's very important because there are lots of things that sleep apnea can cause, not least of which, or interrupted sleep anyway, not least of which is d- type 2 diabetes. Why? Because it interrupts your, your sleep cycles. That with all those sleep cycles, part of your sleep cycles, I think it's the third um, part of your non-REM cycle, that's where your, the growth hormone is secreted in your body where your body produces growth hormone. And what that does is it regulates insulin, our muscles, our bones, and uh, it's really important. So get it sorted. Sleep is critical, and it's so wonderful to have a good night's sleep.
0: There are other little things that you've happened to leave, leave out. Oh. You can get frequent urination at night.
1: Oh, really? Yep. Why?
0: That's just one of the symptoms. When one we'll of the sleep-
1: w- symptoms uh, of sleep apnea is uh, frequently uh, and, and even
0: snoring. It's snoring as well. We get patients who fill in the form and say, and then they come back the next week and they say, hey, I've only gone once or twice instead of five, six times. Because they were told it's the prostate, the men. But it's not the prostate, it's the snoring. Mm. Uncontrollable high blood pressure, even night sweats, heartburn at night. Well, concentration or memory difficulties most definitely. And even though mentioned over here,
1: depression. Well, that would make sense because mm-hmm. it's all got to do yeah. with, with the brain. Very interesting. Now the message coming through saying, is it true that one gets a better quality of sleep before midnight? I love this question. Thank you.
0: Why should you do that? Depending on what time you're going to sleep, you the, the cycle lasts depending on the individual 90 minutes but depending on the individual again he might have 3, 4, 5 cycles your circadian rhythm in your body regulates how long you sleep for now I sleep for 5 and a half hours you can do whatever you like I sleep for 5 and a half hours that's all and that's my circadian rhythm
1: Okay, but the question was about before midnight.
0: Yes, no. So now what happens is, if you go to sleep at 10, then your sleep cycle will kick in and it'll just carry on. So it's not true.
1: Okay, I'm going to contradict you on that. And I know you're the expert. I know. When I was, when I had my children, I was really struggling with the different sleep cycle mm-hmm. cycles because now you've got to try and align to your baby's sleep cycle mm-hmm. and the implications of that are, it's not an easy thing to do, um, or to cope with. And my doctor said, it, said to me one thing and it was the best advice that he ever gave me. He said, sleep before midnight. It's your hours till midnight that actually count. And then, and I know even now, if I get an early night's sleep and I go to sleep at eight o'clock at night, and I wake up at one o'clock in the morning, even if I stay up and I and I have a full day afterwards, because of those hours before midnight, there is something that the body's doing. Now it's all. Good, I know um, you are looking at me like I am like I am a complete. It's cook, all this <laughs> circadian rhythm. Yeah. So
0: you go to bed at eight o'clock and you sleep for six hours. That's your, The older you get, the less you sleep.
1: Mm.
0: There is no, you, you're breathing the same way after 12 as before 12 because your cycle is there. So maybe you thought that, maybe you, your circadian rhythm said you must sleep for five hours or six hours and it was sufficient for you so you could function the next day.
1: Yeah, Dad, I don't function on a lot of sleep, but no. generally. But well, there you are. So it's, it's, it's not about your, me, it's about. It's your rhythm. Generally. Anyhow, this has been DisCare Medical Monday. Thank you so much, Dr. Dave Cotton. Uh, you can get all of him through the Snore Clinic. Just look them up, and uh, thank you very, very much to you for listening. Thanks for your questions, Dr. Cotton. Be well, thank and you. don't be a stranger. Thanks, Kathy. Thanks <laughs> thank for you the so invite. much. God bless. Take care, and uh, to you, have a wonderful, wonderful week. I'll be back on your radio next Monday. Enjoy this incredible weather. If you find some jasmine, stop and pick some. I'm sure that whoever owns that jasmine bush will not mind. And you know what? We got to we got to take time to smell the jasmine. Never mind the roses. Roses of thorns. Smell the jasmine. Have a wonderful day and have a blessed week. God bless. Bye bye.